What's up, everybody? Welcome back to If Plants Could Talk. This is Garrett. I'm your host. This conversation took place on April 6th, 2023, with my very special guest, Zach of Zap Tropicals. Zach joined me virtually today from his home in Yuma, Arizona. He is a passionate plant collector of all types, but especially tropicals and adeniums, that desert rose, South African succulent. It's a beautiful plant. He told me he has 300 plus of them that he is growing from seed, and he's really like zoomed in on that type of plant. So it's pretty cool to learn about that and to see that he showed me a couple of them as well. We did touch a little bit on addiction and psychedelics, so just letting you guys know. I want to take a moment to tell you guys about my sponsors. If you scroll down into the description of this episode, you will find links to Mezcala Nursery located in Long Beach, California, Green Touch Nursery located in Bellflower, California. Big shout out to Plantly.io. You can type in Plantly.io into your web browser or download the free Plantly app on Android or iOS. If you are interested in becoming a vendor, I have provided the link for you to do so. Also, thank you to everybody that's been supporting my mushroom campaign lately. There's been a big increase in that. I don't know what that is, but I'm very grateful. Thank you. That helps me support my family. Real Mushrooms is a mushroom supplement company offering hot water extracts in both powder and capsule form. Real Mushrooms carries everything from reishi, chaga, turkey tail, lion's mane, all those very beneficial mushrooms that are great for your health. If you can think of it, they probably have it in both powder or capsule form. Perhaps you like making tea or a smoothie or mixing it in with your coffee, or you just like having it in a capsule and taking a few of them a day. There's all kinds of different blends and individual types. So definitely check that out. If you're super bougie and you want to spoil your pet and increase your pet's lifetime, you may consider their new pet supplement options. Check those out. There's a link in the description or use code if plants could talk at checkout. All right, here is Zach. Zach of Zap Tropicals, welcome to If Plants Could Talk. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. It's a pleasure. Where are you speaking to me from? You're local, right? I'm in Yuma, Arizona. Oh, Yuma, Arizona. The sunniest town on earth, statistically speaking. Wow. Is that, is it desert? What's the, what's the landscape like there? It's hardcore desert. It's um the Sonoran Desert. We're literally like, 12 miles from Mexico, um, right on the point at the very bottom corner of the state, you'll see where like the Colorado River comes through and where Arizona meets California and Mexico. We're right there in the bottom gateway to the southwest is like on our big sign in downtown. What a great body of water to have nearby. Yeah, while it's still running. (laughs) That's a problem, right? That's like a growing problem starting to be and there's been lawsuits and it's it's interesting because people think Yuma is all desert but you know we grow uh 90 percent or like 95 percent of all the lettuce and celery and broccoli in the winter time so like mm. next time you get a lettuce head it's probably from Yuma which is pretty cool but that's fascinating because I didn't realize those were cold weather crops until I moved to cold weather and then I started like researching and yeah I've been like, noticed Whoa. in uh your little garden and yeah you're definitely colder than me like i'm done with those you know like the broccolis and lettuce i'm done with all that stuff already it's tomato season down here as far as food goes Uh, and i'm new to the food growing my dad had a big garden like always like i'm from pennsylvania originally and uh he was like one of those guys that would can and preserve everything and never go to the store and we grew up hunting and fishing and all that and i love that stuff but uh just started a garden recently after we had our baby because I was like, let's grow some food together. It'll be like, you know, nutritious and fun and organic and it's really pure. Isn't it funny how a baby can inspire things like that? Yeah, everything. <laughs> My baby right? inspires everything. Right? Yeah. Yes. That's beautiful. Wow. So Pennsylvania, when did you migrate? Oh, man, I've traveled everywhere. So like if I break my life into like distinct chapters, of course, uh, I was born in Pennsylvania, really close to Penn State University. I mean, most people know the name, kind of right smack in the middle, dairy farm, Amish country a little bit. Um, and then I went to college, University of Toledo, and then I just kind of kept going west. Then I ended up in North Dakota on a, a Native American reservation. I taught um, that was when I was 26 years old, and I think that's where my life really began as far as like where I'm at now and the person I think I am. Being on the reservation for that year was like really pivotal. So I'm happy to talk about that. But then from North Dakota, um, I moved to Thailand. And then I met my next door neighbor who later became my wife. And then uh, (laughs) 
she wanted to start a family and we wanted to have a baby and you know we could stay in thailand of course but we we thought america would be a better shot and her only request was nowhere really cold <laughs> so i was like all right i'm gonna look in arizona because i was an english teacher then i was teaching high school and middle school english i knew i knew i could get a teaching job very easy in the state of arizona uh -huh. and y yuma was kind of just the best first offer and we took it and we've been here like eight years almost we have a house and a yard and a family like so i mean you miss small. It's definitely a small town, but since we've got here, there's no reason to leave. It's provided everything and more. So that's kind of my trip around the world, you know? <laughs> that's beautiful, man. And I very much admire that, that lifestyle that you've chosen and you've settled into with the family. It's like, you know, it's my, it's my whole entire world these days. So I really appreciate that. I want to hear about the pivotal moment. What, so you woke up, did you feel like, did you have an awakening in uh the the native reservation what happened there um i had i had finished graduate school and i was trying to be a teacher uh -huh. and i'm not sure how my friend one of my best friends luke walker i uh, love that guy we've been friends since day one of college um he somehow ended up teaching out there and he said hey they need an english teacher you'll love it out here man because you know i'm into hiking and backpacking and and he's like this is like a real culture. Like it's like a different country. He's like, try it. He's like, just trust me, come out. And like, you know, it's hardcore in the middle of nowhere. Like it was like a two hour trek to Walmart type of deal. Like reservations are very different. I don't think a lot of people understand what it's like. Um, yeah. I had a, it was the most amazing year of my life. I think it like broke me through my, my mid twenties into being a full grown person that was responsible. Like it was my first big kid job far away from everyone. Um, we lived in a trailer on the moon. It felt like just flat and cold and windy, you know, yes. we'd walk a hundred feet to the school. Cause we lived right. There was nothing else there. Uh -huh. um, and then, you know, on the weekends, you'd play basketball with the kids or just get lost in the prairie. And I was, I was really fortunate. There's this, uh, my, my, my family, the Hale family up there, uh, she was the school secretary and, and sixth grade teacher really small place. Like my whole 10th grade was two students, you know, like, like very tiny, tiny spot. So everybody knows you, but, um, miss, miss Lois and, uh, my Ina is the word for grandma. Um, mm -hmm. she, she like invited me out to do a sweat lodge with them one time. And I was like, sure, you know, I'll go. And they really like just kind of opened their hearts and their homes to me. And, you know, I ended up getting a naming ceremony and, it was really amazing. So like, I'm not a real, I guess, by by blood looks native, but I really, the Hadatsa tribe really took me in. And that was a great, great enriching experience because that was when I was like done with the bars and the college, the kids stuff, you know, and it uh -huh. was like, what am I going to do? Who am I? And I did a lot of backpacking alone and, you know, there was no distractions. So you had to kind of just really actually think about what you were doing. And I, I was like, I want to be a teacher. You know, the students were incredible, uh, very, very tough lives. But I had I had one particular group of girls that like some of them are now finishing graduate school or like, you know, they went back and have psychology degrees and are doing counseling on the res where they were born. And to see those kids grow up and become successful was like, it's really cool because a lot of teachers don't get that experience. And like, you know, I still talk to them as friends more so now, but yeah. yeah. I don't so you know. got I to think... watch them grow and it's not like they just did one grade and then they were gone and you're on yeah. to the next group. That's, that's beautiful. It yeah. sounds like you, they, they adopted you and you've now adopted some of that culture as well. Did any of that stick with you that you carry with you today? I mean, absolutely. And I made a promise too to them, uh, my family members, uh, like to share what I learned and even just a word or the stories or, you know, about powwow dancing. And of course, I'm no expert, but I promised them, I was like, I'll share everything that's true about you because people don't learn about the people that lived here, <laughs> mm. you know? And um, so I promised them like, and I always would teach Native American literature in my classrooms, like as a way to continue that knowledge spreading. And um, I've, I mean, I'd die to do a sweat lodge again to just go and sit there and pray. Like, <laughs> What was that like? What about the sweat lodge itself? Uh, it's it grueling <laughs> it can unbearable be sometimes but i think that's part of the process you know um yeah. you know it's it's kind of like a secret thing so you know what what happens there happens there kind of uh -huh. deal but for me i i know i was very privileged to get to experience that as like 
just a regular white guy from Pennsylvania, like, sure. <laughs> you know, um, and very cool to, to, to learn how things were done and to be able to write that down and keep it with me. And, and yeah, I still like to pray that way. Kind of, I guess, you know, I'll put on some music when nobody's home and just sort of meditate on, on that. And yeah, it's like, it's kind of like being in the sauna, but really spiritually enriching, I guess, you know, and, and yeah. way deeper, way deeper in your heart. But yeah. I felt like, you know, the connection to the earth is a lot more real in a place that is founded on it. Like our Native American culture, it's a shame they don't, they don't teach it more in schools and in our history, because I think it's critical to understanding what America even is, <laughs> you know, yeah, the spiritual tradition of this land, for sure uh christianity unfortunately dominates did you come from a christian background or yeah i mean background? yeah actually in a way um I, as a kid we my mom taught sunday school kind of did whatever just like a non-denominational deal in middle school and high school i was pretty involved in a, a small bible group and i did do a lot of church things and we did go on like summer missions and stuff like that but mm -hmm. um now i guess not so much i think i i'm aware that there's something beyond myself i think you'd be silly not to but i don't right. know if it's necessarily named jesus and is sure. from israel but yeah. and i think in a kind of funny way personally like to even try to categorize it or name whatever power there is 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 taking away from what it is <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense absolutely well i love the concept of of a creator and that we came from the earth and what we're of the earth and we'll return to the earth and worshiping the sun and the moon and all these other aspects of spirituality that Christianity really didn't adopt, you know? Yeah, it's it's interesting how the westernized cultures have a man versus nature sort of dominance, sure. whereas other parts of the world, it's cohabitation or coexistence. And it's yeah. intentional, even the way you would build your house or grow your food to benefit the land as well as yourself. But yeah, that mergers, I think, not not occurring in the way if it was happening in the right way our planet would be cleaner and nicer <laughs> yeah. you know there does seem to be a movement though of returning to older traditions and it's not necessarily like indigenous traditions but homesteading and farming and oh, absolutely. like i see a lot of people turning back to nature and it's beautiful to see people waking up and you know trying to glamorize yeah. that lifestyle as opposed to i don't know a, a loft in a city condominium yeah i mean i'm in a i'm I'm trying to learn how to can jelly you know that was something i remember my dad doing when i was a kid and i was like cool. oh god the house smells like jelly again but now i'm out there with my daughter like she knows how to say three words but i'm showing her how to pollinate flowers and stuff just because we're gonna turn that into food later and yeah it's all coming for full circle for me from when i was a little guy myself and you know to see her just pull a cherry tomato off and eat it and just laugh because she knows that that's already a good thing and she's not yeah. two two years old and you know, ask people what a cucumber plant looks like. They'll be, they don't, people don't even know what their food looks like, but right. there is an intense interest, I think, in that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's awesome to see people doing it. Or like so many people are making bread. And of mm. course, chickens are real big with the price of eggs and stuff. Yeah. It's cool. I, I hope it sticks as a long term thing and not just like a passing fad. Sure. I'm trying to make my, my, uh, mine permanent here <laughs> but i'm still learning about all these things but i want to build a hen house and uh, i think we found a, a permanent spot here but i was gonna say that uh uh having isn't it great that having kids kind of makes you wonder or or want to figure out what it is that you want to influence them and what traditions you want to pass down so it kind of reawakens your values and, and what you makes you more uh aware of you know what these these values may be or have been lost and brought back and things like that yeah and i think the idea of slow living or or you know just the thousand hours outside program people are getting into now and that, that kind of slowing down and getting back to it i think it's people are realizing how good it is for a child's development yeah. because dude and I mean, I'm an anxious dude. I mean, I'm feeling better now that we've got to, gotten to talking and I'll be more coherent and clear. But the crunch of the world, you know, yeah, when you feel it when you're really young, I think now more than ever to be competitive. And, you know, the idea of being outside just kind of messing around 
and playing, that's actually a whole set of learning and skills and, and wonderment that is important for our creative development, but we don't have time yeah. to do any of that. And I think that's what's hurting us as a people a lot, <laughs> as yeah, a culture. We miss out with our sidewalks and our, our big asphalt streets and yeah. these boxes that they put the kids in for school. I mean, I'm questioning even how I'm going to approach school. I'm not sure yet. You know, I mean, I, I had to leave teaching. I, I'm not a teacher now. I, mm. I quit last year. I made it to month three of the baby being born, and I, I couldn't handle it because being a teacher is hard. I mean, I love my teacher friends, and I admire them so much, and I'll never be able to do it again. <laughs> you what know, was it? What what pushed you away? It's the pressure that you want. I'm one of, I'm, I think I'm a pretty emotional, sensitive kind of person, so I want all of everybody's kids to be happy and successful and to try and do all of that when actually you have one real kid to take care of yeah that's impossible the weight of it for me like a it, lot. Was, it ended yeah. up being impossible sure you know well, good for you now you can really focus all that attention and energy on your own child that's great yeah that's a. Uh, it's been it's been a weird year of transitions for me but i'm like I'm coming into a new new spot, a new phase kind of thing, and uh, it's it's better. Good. Much more time at home, and like I I have Lana with me every day. That's my daughter Lana. I have her every day, and I know a lot of dads are really jealous of that out there. You know, I'm lucky. I'm really... Yeah, both of our kids are asleep right now, right? Your kids? Yeah, asleep? I, I think so. I think my wife has her napping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I put down my son for my podcast almost every time, and yeah, I have him four days. I work three nice. days. And yeah, I have like little side hustles that I got to make up for. If I if I had it my way, I, we would be on the land at all times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do four tens as far as work schedule, and I love okay. that, you know. Yeah. Um, but of course, my dream, of course, yeah, is to be a stay at home dad gardener. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. No, totally. If if only we could find a way to make the income. Um, so plants. Let's. It sounds like maybe your childhood was an influence on it growing up with uh, a garden and and you said dairy as well. Yeah, well, it was around us, and I worked on farms over the summers as a kid, but my dad was a canning gardener type, you know, green okay. beans. Uh, we would do zucchini, tomatoes, hot peppers. My dad's jars of hot peppers are so famous. We fight over them when we visit, you know, they're mm -hmm. really good. Um, so he was a canner, homesteader. We did lots of deer hunting and and fishing and, and trout smoking type deals like that. Cool. Um, that was kind of, it was always around. You know, um, I helped dad with like the weeding and stuff, but I didn't really get into plants till I was a lot, lot older the way I'm into plants now, you know? Sure. So that didn't happen until we got to Yuma and, and we had a miscarriage. So babies and plants, man, for me, they're like, it's all united. We, my wife and I had tried really hard to conceive and, and we made it to eight weeks and mm. we went in for that first appointment and there was just no heartbeat. Mm. Um, and, you know, and it was during COVID. So I, they called me when I was sitting in the car and I knew if they called me, that was bad, mm -hmm. you know? So they like broke the news to my wife alone and, and it was bad. It was hard. Yeah. And then from there, we just like bought a plant. Like I bought like a cactus at Lowe's yeah. <laughs> and then, um, I bought a desert rose, uh, oh. just like a regular adenium obesum for like 20 bucks or whatever they are. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got it to bloom somehow that fall nice. and that was it. And then from there, like being able to take care of just that little bit made me feel like my hands wouldn't kill everything they touched. Sure. You know, because I felt so responsible for the miscarriage and we like, it rocked me in a way I didn't expect. Mm. They, they talk about it. Of course it's awful for mom, but yeah. I don't think a lot of men talk about that. That have You know, it's a loss for mom. both parents. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah more, you know, both are grieving. I didn't know how common it was. Sure. I had friends I have known for years never told me, you know, mm. and then after ours, they reached out and um, yeah. So being able to get a desert rose to bloom was kind of the first step. And then I met a lady in Tucson. She gave me some seeds mm -hmm. and I grew them from seed and I brought, I brought it actually to show you. Yes. Wow. <laughs> you grew that? Yeah, it was a little seed uh, for like the size of my pinky now. And it's it's almost three. It's almost three years old now. But yeah, that's awesome. Nice work. 
Yeah, thanks, man. So like adeniums are my jam. That's my plant. That's what like that's what kind of got me healed up, you know, <laughs> emotionally, like practice, patience, and persistence. Yeah. That's what adeniums taught me. And like that's what got me through it. And I think that's a lesson we could all just those three Ps, like that's what gets you it keeps you going, you know. Yeah. 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 They they give they give your hands something to do and they definitely slow you down bring you back to the moment that's great man i'm glad you found that uh and you have tropicals as well i do i have a bunch of philodendrons laying around um this is just like the little office but sure i have some stuff um a lot of it's in the kitchen i have a lot of big big philodendrons Uh, it's hard to grow them in yuma because we don't have any humidity um Mm. so i just i just let everything rock as ambient is it's going to be i'm not going to build a big box or a case or anything i don't really have the time for that or the space honestly you're not but, doing like a humidifier or anything and they're they're doing good no nah, awesome. my, my philodendron biliates if if you're in the desert kind of like i am that's a great one to have it has no issues unfurling my yeah. leaves it's like got two feet tall leaves it's it's a beast of a plant and it's yeah, I love that one. That's probably my favorite philodendron. Like, if they were like, save one indoor plant, it's probably that one. Mm. <laughs> He's a big boy. Where does your heart, heart lie with the succulents or with the tropicals? Because I saw tropicals is in your name. Yeah, so I'd started being like philodendrons and tropicals, and I'm really into plumerias. I love plumeria. Yeah, I'm really into plumerias. Like, I'm actually teaching two classes this month on them here in town and selling cool. a bunch. Um. But like adeniums and plumerias are probably like it for me. But mm. but my range is real wide. I'm actually thinking of changing my handle at some point here soon. Anyway, because I'm kind of getting more into the hardscaping with desert plants and and you know the xerophytic gardens. Yeah. But but I like the mesh of tropical and desert because like my whole family's rooted in Thailand in a sense, and like that was where my wife and I like that was where I discovered tropical plants. Like holy wow. Yeah. Like my, my mother and father-in-law have a beautiful garden and like a beautiful little farm space and homestead deal and their plants are epic. <laughs> so, you know, when she first moved from Thailand, it's so brown and dry in the desert. We bought a bunch of philodendrons and Hoyas and things to try and make it look tropical inside. Yeah. Make her feel better, you know? <laughs> That's so. cool. But yeah, so I have like a real wide array of crap because like now I do all the food stuff and I want to can I yeah. do the desert. I have I desert roses. I have like 300 desert roses in the back. Wow. Like I grow them all from seed. Like that's <laughs> what I'm really, really into doing. And so if you ever want one, just I'll send you one, man, just for fun. Like I love to give them to people and see how they grow for others. It's really a joy for me to see that. So I would love to. And unfortunately I had to kick the plumeria hobby to the side because it's too cold here. They just, unless I bring yeah. them in in the winter, it's just yeah. not going to happen, man. It's, you're in you're in really northern California. Oh uh, no, I'm in I'm in North Los Angeles. I'm in the Santa Monica okay. Mountains. Okay. Yeah, it's a Panga Canyon, but we're like I don't know a thousand feet, and it gets down into the to the low thirties regularly. Yeah, that's it's definitely working out. for the winter thing for sure. And I don't have the space. I mean, I'm in a little small cabin. <laughs> I mean, they do good. Yeah, I mean, they do good in pots, but yeah. they're still trees. <laughs> right. You know, plumerias are still trees when you come down to it. So. Um, but that's where, that's where adeniums can be your buddy because, you know, you bring them in anyway in the winter when it's below fifties at night and then they okay. bloom in the fall and winter or early spring. So yeah, I'd be happy um, to try that out. Have you yeah. ever had the, the dwarf plumeria? Yeah, I have a couple here. People are um, always asking me about those. Cause I'm yeah, gonna... a, a good jungle jacks is a good, good reputable source. Jungle jacks, you know, they're a big plumeria grower. Um, they're in Vista, California, but a lot of their plumerias top out at six or seven feet. So that'd be technically, you know, that's a miniature. Um, but a lot of them are three or four feet. It just depends. There's so many cultivars, mm-hmm. you know, but, but you do got to have the warm weather for sure. They're, they're really not into the cold. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's cool. So what is it? What are you starting these seeds inside for the adeniums? Yeah, so I start them, I just start them on a grow mat with lights, like anybody would start cactuses or tomatoes or whatever. Um, I like to run the heat a little higher to start germination. I like to run my mats at 86, which mm. might be high for some things. Um, I'm not very, I tried cactus seed all year last year and suck at it. I mm-hmm. can't. I think I got like three cactuses out of a lot of seeds because I just, 
I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I sew the adeniums hot, open lid, keep it wet. And then it, that's, I mean, you know, you got to just, they grow real easy from the start, but then they're so versatile. And that's why I really enjoy them as a plant because they do force you to slow down yeah. and practice because you can root train them. You can canopy train them. You can bonsai them. You can yeah. get them 10 feet tall or whatever, you know, like you can really do whatever you want with them. Um, I brought you another one too, you know, please, but yeah, you know, and they're, they come in so many forms and I'm really, really interested in growing the Thai Soko like the Thai hybrids from seed and you get so many forms and so many different shaped plants. Um, and I'm really into that. I'm really into like, I have adeniums that have black and red skins and that's kind of new. Mm. Don't see that a lot. And I'm, I'm real nerdy about the hybridization stuff. I had, you know, I think that stuff's so cool. And you know, like the way people are with astrophytums. Yeah. Yeah. They're like that with adeniums too. I just think it's a world people don't know about. It's so yeah. cool. Well, everyone needs their niche and it sounds yeah. like you found yours and that's a unique one. I don't see a whole lot of people having those in mass amounts. I, I mean, in Arizona, there's a, like a little people. obscure, just a yeah. little. Yeah. I think they're kind of newer maybe for mm. like the gardening world or whatever, but yeah, I don't see them a lot. I don't think I would have discovered them if I didn't live in Arizona, to be honest. Mm. Well, I love they, that people treat them like bonsais and that they can yeah. be treated like bonsai. That's great. Cause I can't keep a bonsai alive for the life of me. So I'm going to try that. You're, you're yeah. converting me. <laughs> that's my goal. Like if I can share the joy that adeniums gave me with others, then I did my job. Like I love to, to teach and share and there's no secrets. I mean, I'm not the greatest grower in the world, but I think I got it dialed in at least a little to have fun. I can help you be successful for sure. You know, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. But when do you start the seeds? I, anytime here, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, I can overwinter adeniums here even like I have a bunch, I just leave outside, mm. um, but that's cause it's not cold here. You what know? are your winters like? Um, the coldest we had last year was 38 mm -hmm. and that was just one day, like freak, not a whole week. Freak cold night, freaky cold yeah, night. Yeah. Like mid forties, low forties, high thirties, you know, mm. high thirties is kind of really pushing it for us. Um, so forties, I would say, and then the only dangerous thing for me, as far as growing any cactus type desert plants or plumerias is like, we get rain in December or January. Mm -hmm. Um, so some stuff I might have to move or just hope it's not a heavy rain or, you know, collect it and move it. Do you get like flash floods? No, no, not where I live. I'm too far. We're like up on the Mesa part of, uh, we're above the river. We're a little, we're, we're like a hundred feet above sea level where Yuma is maybe like zero. It's not very high here. So mm. the flash floods are kind of more eastward a little okay. bit from where I'm at. So we get rain. I have gotten pretty crazy monsoons. Like at the neighbor's roof blew off oh, shit. And, actually, and actually like smashed my favorite plumeria and like broke it in half. <laughs> And it was Bummer. like a little tornado it was crazy we like found couch cushions in our yard we still don't know whose couch that was was that <laughs> this year last summer yeah uh, last yeah. summer the monsoons can be pretty violent so like that's the other danger is like windy windy storms can really suck <laughs> yeah totally hey do you mind if i excuse myself for a moment to use no, the restroom you're good. go ahead all right we're back sorry about that no worries so we were talking about monsoons. What else were we talking about prior to that? <laughs> oh, I wanted to hear about these uh, these cactus seeds that you attempted that didn't go too well. What were you trying to grow? Everything. I anything. suck at it too. For, for I don't the know. Most part. Everybody's kind of like, yeah, right. But I think it was too hot. <laughs> yeah, I maybe. Tried to do it, I tried to do it over the summer and I, the baggy yeah. method. I don't know. Didn't work out so well. I have some growing now. That is, I'm I'm happy with the germination rate, but I don't know. Did they I, get stunted? That happened to me one time. It was yeah, really hot, and they just wouldn't grow. And like they're red because there's too much light yeah. for some reason. Like I don't know, man. Mad props to anybody growing cactus from seed because I I just can't. I'm not gonna try very often <laughs> again. Um, I have a lot of cactuses. I have a lot of I have a lot of areocarpus. I have a lot of you know, I have a lot of lofts and stuff like over the last two years, I started kind of getting some of those or cool. have traded, traded adeniums for some with people and, and stuff like that. And I like them. I like the taproot cactuses a lot. I think they're cool. Yeah. 
you awesome. know, but not from seed, not, not this guy. I'll buy him from you or trade you, but <laughs> yeah. Prickly punk. Tony said that he starts them in the winter. He starts them in inside in December. And then that way by spring, they're ready to go outside. I tried that and had some success, but then they got fucked up in the rain. Yeah. So I, I, in the rain. I did that with a couple packs of conophytums and I actually have some. Mm. So yeah, I think if I try cactus again, I'm going to start in the fall or winter. And then I just think when I tried to do it in the garage and stuff, it was just too hot with the radiant spring weather and all that. It was just too much for them. Sure. But I don't know. I I would get fungus or maybe I'd make it too wet in the bag or mold or the algae or whatever. I don't know. It's tricky. <laughs> so you were telling me before you started, we started that you teach uh, English to Chinese students. Yeah. As like a part-time gig. Yeah, I did that always kind of supplementary part-time um, through the years. But yeah, I just, I started working for a company called VIP Kid. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yeah, Chinese students want to learn English. And I just talk to them like I'm talking to you and teach vocab or whatever. Cause, and, and then, you know, I would do that for a, a lot, a long time. But yeah, I just have one, one student now that I do more so just because I want to teach him and I want to help him because we've been nine years at this i think wow. him and I. like i like feel like i helped raise him like i'm his uncle or something in a, so you know, cool. in a funny kind of way and like you know his mom has been super helpful with parenting advice and stuff like that so yeah we have like a great little relationship over we've never met but i, I hope one day we get to connect whether they come here or i visit china it would be great too virtually but, huh yeah that's yeah, great what a great gig yeah, it's been great. And like during, you know, COVID when you had to be home, it was nice to still be able to make a couple of bucks or see other people even. Mm -hmm. <laughs> even though they're your students, it's nice to see other people sometimes, you know. Yeah. Do you have some other hobbies that you engage with other than plants? I feel like you do. Um, I did a lot of hiking and long distance backpacking. Wow. I did a lot of that stuff for a while. Um, the baby's old enough to go camping. We're going to go on our first family trip this summer with her. Great. Somewhere, so I like to uh, lot, lots of camping and hiking. Um, I'm a big Grateful Dead fan, so I like that. I play guitar a little bit, a little okay. bit. I like to sing and jam out and hang out with my friends and do that stuff. Um, I'm gonna see them in Phoenix, so if anybody out there is gonna be at the Dead show May 23rd, let's connect. We'll hang out in the lot or something, right? Um, but I, I just kind of like to be home now, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> the garden takes a lot of time, and I mean, I I taught English, so I like to read. I read a lot of poetry and stuff like that. That's cool. I've written, a, I've written a couple books of poetry and published them and stuff like that. But it's hard to – I feel like all my creative energy is either in the child rearing or the plants. So I don't know how much is left for writing at this point. But yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, sacrifices. And then other things end up getting more attention and thriving as well, like yeah. our children. Yeah, <laughs> and I love to cook. I love yeah. to cook. We like cool. to go out and eat. Like we went to Chili's. We had a little date while the baby was at daycare, but I love to cook. My wife and I, you know, like pang she'll still pound curry paste, you know, by hand, you wow. know, we make Thai food or, you know, I still make pierogies like my grandma taught me or whatever. Like, you know, and I like to make Italian food too. So we, we like to do that. Well, like what's your ethnicity? If you don't mind me asking. Um, mm, so mostly German, Irish, English, I think, okay. um, on both sides for my parents. Yeah, That's so cool. like pretty, um, with a splash of like Ukrainian, Polish, Hungarian in there. Like I went to a Ukrainian wow. Orthodox church for a long time as a kid where they still did all the services and songs in Ukrainians. I don't know what they were saying, but... <laughs> <laughs> But I was always ready for the halopki and the pigs in a blanket afterwards, you know, like grandma's cooking type of deal. So I like that stuff. Nice. Um, you know, and I like to travel. You know, I've been to a few countries. I've been to Europe. I've been to South America. I, I hiked to Machu Picchu. Mm. And we stayed in Peru for 22 days. It was really great. Um, That's a bucket list one for me. That's cool. I, I had the most fantastic guiding group. They're called Mountain Gods Peru. And like Ronnie and Elizabeth, like all the money goes back to their village to build schools. And like they take you and teach you the names of the flora and fauna. And like they know the real Inca history, man. It was, they're the best. They're the greatest actually. And uh, it was, yeah, Peru was like the thing I wanted to do before I became a father because 
to go on a big long hike like that is kind of impossible you can't just like leave your family while you go on a journey like that you know right yeah so that was like my last grand adventure before i i like got serious about being a dad so that's cool that's yeah. cool any plans for one day to return to that um to peru or to traveling like that yeah like you know later on in life i mean i slide a couple bucks every paycheck into an account i'm hoping lana will, will do africa with me someday cool. and my dream was to you know camp on all seven continents but antarctica is like really expensive <laughs> so <laughs> i figured if i can get six out of seven you know we'll take it so i yeah. thought like access to antarctica was really challenging too yeah it's is really it just financial it's, is it good, just mean, expensive it's both definitely i mean you got to go all the way down to the end of argentina and hop a boat and then you know the boat to wherever you're going and then all this yeah it's i know they have a designer cruises and stuff for it but you know at best we were two teacher salaries that's not in my pay i, I can't do that you know oh, really. your your wife's a teacher too she teaches math yes yeah, so cool. the baby will have good balance i think for for homework <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah with, with the grateful dead stuff uh are you open to talking about any of those experiences absolutely did you follow them at all like chase the follow the tour um i've i've seen johnny and the boys bobby and the boys uh this will be number four this time cool. for me but my dad so my dad's crazy i don't know a lot about his past because he was like a navy seal uh -huh. i know that but then like he definitely followed Neil Young around on tour when he was in the States and like had a big Beatles collection and Buffalo Springfield's like my dad was kind of into the 70s stuff that I love now. Mm -hmm. And when I was when I was 10, my dad gave me American Beauty by the Grateful Dead. And that's that's still my number one favorite album of all time. Mm. For sure. So, you know. I started listening to that album. And then as I got older, I just got more and more into the dead. And then um, it hit me in college, like it probably does most people. But the first real vegetarian I ever knew, his name's Conrad and one of my best <laughs> friends, my buddy Conrad, he like, we just hung out one night and just listened to the dead all night. And I was like, yeah, this is my band. So mm -hmm. I, you know, that, that was the night. Yeah. <laughs> it was notoriously psychedelic and i see tie-dye yeah. on you Do yeah you my friend my friend yeah. made it yeah uh lsd's i think an incredible experience for people mm. i do yeah what kind of stuff did you find in that in those experiences um i mean at concerts it's cool it's yeah it's fun, different concerts but, a different experience but i prefer in my house alone yeah. <laughs> which maybe a lot of people geek out over doing that kind of stuff like in your backyard or whatever but um it's like a great reset in the sense for okay yeah. you know so uh it's been a minute for me with that kind of thing sure. but um just because you know every baby uh yeah you gotta trust all that sourcing and all that type of things but sure. yeah of yeah, course, the baby is home. I can't do things like that if the baby's around. But that's what going camping alone's for nowadays. If I go or something, you know. Um, yeah. But it's a good way to reflect. Yeah. I think and so inward. I'm real anxious. I think I have a lot of trauma through through childhood and up, uh -huh. and I think it's a good way to unpack it. Yeah. Um, but you don't want to just be carefree and chaotic. Like I'm, I'm very not into maximizing the experience. If that makes sense. I, I just, just want to get to where I need to be. Yeah. Just enough. And, and you're and, careful and planning and, it. And I feel like it, it lets you know what's just enough. Or like, you know, yeah. it talks to you before you need it to talk sometimes in a way, but yeah, I've always been really careful with that. Um, I think it's a really good thing. I think yeah. it'd be a really good thing. I think the stigmas and taboos are a little outdated. Sure. Um, you know, yeah. I, think I, I grew up in maybe a lifestyle or a way that believed more of those things than actually had experiences. Yeah. You know? um, but I think for me, it really helped me come to peace with myself. Mm. Life is hard. And I think I'm really hard on myself. Mm -hmm. And um 
to be able to not be so hard on yourself is really tough to understand. I love that. You know? Yeah. And I struggle. I'm hard on myself every day sometimes for weeks and weeks. And you need a reset and a little help is okay, <laughs> I think. Yeah. It you silences know. the inner critic or puts the inner critic at bay. And it helps you to, to deal with that little fucker. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I think you are your own worst enemy like the expression sure. goes because most most people really aren't thinking about you <laughs> yeah you're right and, and and you think that they might be or the impression of you is so important to them and it's probably not <laughs> yeah absolutely. you know you you know i i read something you know mountains are for climbing not carrying and yeah. I'm, really, I'm really trying to adopt that and put down a lot of stuff that's not really mine to hold Yes. And you need that to be a good father and a good mm -hmm. husband and, and just a good man or a good person, a good woman, you know, whatever you are. Um, and for me, I, I think that the LSD helped me find a way to get there. I didn't need it to do the things I'm doing with myself now, but yeah, I think it helped me understand that I needed to. I remember... Um, one particular experience was like, you struggle with alcohol. Mm. And I do. But I took that trip to realize how bad it was. Yeah. Despite having incredible tolerance from friends and my family, sure. my, my wife, it, it did take a particular trip to be like, there's an issue here with the drinking and, and what it does after and et cetera. And then, sure. um, I mean, I had a margarita today at lunch, <laughs> you know, but that's healthy. That's but, okay. But not 10 of them or right. a bottle in the freezer type of thing every weekend. Um, I try not to have it at home even, you know, we usually just, I'll grab a drink at happy hour at Applebee's when we go out, which is not often. We usually cook at home, but always conscious of it. Mm. You know, I'm not trying to be like, whatever. I did go to some AA after that trip and it did help me realize some things. You have to, you have to see sometimes your, your problems through other people having yes. them. And then you're like, wow, I'm not the only one. Yes. And when you're not the only one with a problem, you realize it's okay to get help. And I yeah. think that's what holds a lot of people back. I think a lot of people are like, I'm the only one this bad. I'm the only one this anxious. Sure. I'm the only one this scared all the time. And then when you realize that it's it's kind of, I hate to say like normal to feel that way for people, but it is, everybody's got something going on in a way. Yeah. But to trust that everybody else has something going on, that's I think where you can start to let your own guard down and get some of that help. Yeah. That was yeah. a beautiful explanation of all of that. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm. It's hard to express the stuff because I feel you like did a I'm fantastic job. I'm definitely a student with this and and not a teacher. You know, sure. it, it's hard to to become a better person. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it really a forever. Works. It's a it's a forever task. Yeah, you know? and, and it's just man with gardening, you got to prune stuff, and it hurts to cut things, but it does grow back better and correct or blooms sure sometimes, sometimes we got to cut that stuff you know that's a great analogy yeah shedding that's great um so you sounds like you've gotten it you know much more like you're okay with the way things are with the alcohol now and was yeah. was it prior prior was it causing like a problem yeah i mean I imagine it exacerbates like somebody yeah. with a baseline that that's generally anxious, right? Uh, yeah. Already. So what's, what's interesting for me was that hangovers would become like panic attacks and things as I get older. Uh -huh. Not like, oh, my, <laughs> my head hurts. I need bacon and potatoes. It became like I would be snappy or anxious or I'd yeah. be mad for nothing or something little would set me off. And it was like the shaking from, you know, trying to recover from the being drunk and intoxicated was not 
doesn't doesn't look good on you as you age mm-hmm. at least not for me and then when you're always cranky and upset who the hell wants to be around you yeah and then you know if you're like that all the time with your family i mean what kind of family are you gonna have right and then it was like oh man i'm 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 my family when i was a kid yeah you know because like you know my my mom was a was a drug addict um she's currently serving time from drug related things um wow if i keep drinking i'm gonna become my mom yeah like damn predisposed that was it you know that was the wake-up call for real with that well dude congratulations for finding your way out of that for being the one that breaks the cycle i mean yeah i I everyone can say that i take a deep pride in trying to do that i don't know if i'm clean Mm. broke free yet but just today the daycare lady we were trying to take easter bunny pictures and lana like doesn't smile right and the daycare lady's like oh she never smiles here blah 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 and we looked at each other because our baby's always laughing she's always smiling at home with us so so I feel like I'm doing it right. You know what I mean? Yes. So yeah, thank you for, for just acknowledging that there is something breaking there because yeah. No, I can see it. And I can see how much your child means to you. And uh, isn't it interesting how kids, like you can judge other people based off how your child reacts to them. So like my son, I use him. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, just make it sound like that, but I use him to judge people's character and their yeah. energy. Like he will be very cautious around somebody that I feel uncomfortable around. Yeah. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. He lights up and he's real playful and smiling and happy when these people can be trusted. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, I, we, we laugh, but our first baby is my German shepherd. Uh-huh. Um, I never had a dog. So to talk about a dog and the experience of owning a dog is great. Cause I work, I work with animals now, but okay. Both of them, my dog and my daughter. If if my daughter's like sketching out about someone, you know, you can't say hi to my baby goodbye. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, type of deal. But, you know, I'm in trouble because she's super cute. My daughter's so cute. Everybody wants to say hi to her. Uh-huh. Like they walk up and say like, your daughter's adorable. So I'm always like, ah, like thinking they're yeah. going to kidnap us and run away. But they're just nice old ladies or whatever. But you know, it's it's funny to be approached by total strangers because they're like, your daughter's adorable. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, when you come from a traumatic background, the public yeah. can be really like overwhelming. I feel that way. I hate going to the grocery. I dislike, I'm trying to stop using the word hate. I dislike going to the grocery store with, and, and people coming up and getting too close. And I'm going to have you, I'm going to have you hit me with that. I'm trying to stop the hate thing too. My wife's always like, you don't hate, you hate everything. Stop that. Because yeah. It's a strong word and it it's is. very negative and it holds on to you mm-hmm. and to, to let that word hold on to you is not good for your day. Um, sure. But I dislike Walmart. Uh, I go at like six in the morning after stand day, public after my Chinese passes over. I'll run to the store really, really early. So I don't have to see people or like be in yeah. line. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, dude, I don't know. I'm like really intensely interesting. I think internally, or like through experiences I've had, but I don't do anything. Like I go to work and I go to the backyard and that's all I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't go on crazy hikes anymore, but I've done so much stuff. Um, I feel like I'm more of like a hobbit now. Um, <laughs> you know, like post, post-mortar, like I'm just smoking in the garden with my tulips kind of deal, eating three meals a day. Um, that's contentment though. Yeah. And it's nice to feel that for the first time, you know, I'm in my mid, I turned 35 in a couple of weeks, two weeks. And I feel like, wow, 35 is half of 70, 70s average life expectancy. Is this halfway? Um, and I'm not a math teacher like my wife. So numbers are hard anyway for me, but it's like, if this is half, am I happy with where it's been? Yeah. Um, and yes, I think I am, you know, and I think it's a good feeling, but yeah. it took a lot to get there. Yeah. You know, well, and I, I find myself wanting more than anything to be present with my kid while they're young and enjoying like as many moments as possible, because I know a lot of people in our generation didn't grow up with parents. Parents were always at work. Yeah. I was in, I had babysitters. I was at school. I was in after school programs. Same. I never had that one-to-one, especially with my dad. You know, my dad was an alcoholic, is an alcoholic too. So uh, just I, it, all these things that that influenced and helped 
turned me in, into the person that I am today. I they taught me so much and and are steering me away from those things, right? And I value every fucking moment, especially just walking around outside or being we were able to hike. You know, yeah. we can walk out our front door and hike. Yeah, I love this. I wanted. I would love to see the pictures. You live in like the perfect place to just enjoy life. You know, and and, it's, and it's so crazy how hard you have to work to enjoy that. Yeah, <laughs> you know. For real. Uh, so no, and cherish it, man. And that was a big part of the game for leaving teaching because you know you have to grade papers and to make a decent salary you have to be there for before Your school whole life and after school and yeah. do Saturday weekend tutoring and it was like we were never home and I think like we did our taxes and and it was significantly less than what we made when I was still teaching full time and everything but we have time now yes I would trade double the money for more time. No, no question, you know, yeah. um, and like core memories of just the baby playing with pots as we're making plants in the bed, the flower bed, or, you know, like she likes to read the freaking Baker seed, uh, Baker Creek seed catalog. And she always falls asleep looking at the pictures in the, in the book Aww. for the flower garden she's planting, I guess, in her dreams. But, um, that's yeah, crazy. dude. So the time is so valuable and I'm, and I've realized over the years, like that's what rich people have the most of his time yeah it's you know the financial stuff the yacht whatever if you don't have time to use that fancy stuff who cares right these people have the time <laughs> that's yeah. that's why they can so for me like having time to just hang out all day with my kid is amazing mm. and it's so fun and that's where you you know you unlearn so many things about yes. being grown up yes like I'm like really coming into being a kid again in a lot of ways with my daughter <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting that becoming more childlike is also releasing the trauma. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel better every day and you know, everyone goes through ups and downs or if you're overworked or you don't get enough sleep or you're battling the flu, it can beat you up. But like, man, we just, we do the same things every day, but it's so amazing to her. Yes. And in turn, that, that means it's so amazing to me. Like, yeah. We read the same book. I can I can read Chicka Chicka Boom Boom to you right now uh, without, without having it. <laughs> um, but it's yeah. amazing every time you read it. And I think if we approach life that way, like, holy crap, I just made dinner. Isn't that amazing? You know, like, yeah, I, can tie my shoes. I can tie my shoes yes. without help. Because, you know, when you're 85, you're going to need help. Think about that. Yes. Like, just to be excited about today is so cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think... I don't know, man. That's the great joy of uh, parenting. And I'm I'm trying on Instagram to find more dads that do plant stuff because I yeah. think that would be a really fun community to to connect with. And yeah. I've met some really great dads out there with plants. And like uh, when I was having a really hard time with the job, like I, I just kind of really quit teaching. I just like walked out one day. I was like, I'm done. I can't mm -hmm. like I'm going to I'm going to snap. And then it was like, holy crap, you know, holy shit, I have two degrees in education and teaching, and now what? Yeah. So, you know, I ended up becoming a, I, ended up, I work at a veterinarian's office now. And, cool. Uh, That's cool. It's really cool. It's really exciting. Far um, less stressful, huh? No. <laughs> no? Sometimes, sometimes it's stressful. We do like emergency care. Okay. Yeah, but but it's, it's really rewarding. Uh, rewarding, just, okay. Just like teaching, but in a different capacity, but... But anyway, I just I wanted to shout out to his uh, Flortopia. I don't know if you follow yeah, him. Aaron. Yeah, I, he is such an incredible guy. And I remember I put like in my stories, like, I wish there was a dad I could talk to right now. Because I was like, how am I going to feed my family? I just quit my job. I'm unemployed. This has never happened. He straight up called me on the phone, like not like a message like, hi, like he just went into like brother mode, you know, yeah. and that was just really cool. That's awesome. I've never talked to him before, you know, a like on a photo. And then from there, I just started finding other dads in the plant community. And now, like, you know, we nerd out about when our cactuses bloom, but also like when our toddler can say moo or like, <laughs> cool. yeah, take a step. So it's really fun. And I, I just, I hope I continue to build relationships with other plant dads out there. And uh, it's really cool for me. You know, I'm thinking of really exploring the study of like, growing children with 
plants or farming and, yes. and what that idea can do for you as development you know and that's kind of like um montessori school type deal or yeah. like experiential learning stuff so i'm really interested in that I've, yeah. I've, taught, I've taught at schools like that in the past um so i'm getting more into that so the more i can soak up about growing things and teaching my daughter the science of it and the botanizing of stuff or you know to try to stay in our plant world realm but um the more dads or moms I can meet that do that, the homesteader stuff, I think that's great because, you know, you need a community to build, build your family. And it really does take a village and yes, so hit me up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll share some pierogi recipes or something, but that's cool. Yeah. So the developmental stuff is really intriguing to me as far mm -hmm. as, as far as we're going with the parenthoods and yeah. yeah. I have so much to say about that. I feel like the homeschool thing, I've been looking into homeschool co-ops where parents yeah. are, 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 are alternating and who's taking care of the kids. And a lot of people are doing that around here and just the community itself, having the community more involved in raising your children rather than just some public school. But um, I wanted to touch on something about fatherhood. I feel like traditionally fatherhood has kind of had a different focus and fathers have been looked at differently and um dad's taking the role taking on that role and being more involved is kind of stigmatized a little bit or maybe it's, it's a more feminine so role it's changing so much i think sure. so many of my friends are with their children now yeah. when our dads were at work and yeah. i don't think it's i mean my dad was incredible for as wild and rough and bad as things were with my mother my dad was awesome he worked his butt off we never went without, yeah. um, and he never missed our sports games or band or whatever. He let us do any activities and got us there and stuff somehow. Um, so I'm very lucky that the time he had with us to even just play football was there, you know, but he did it. But a lot of dads were not. They had to work swing shifts or doubles. And yeah, yeah dude, I think a lot of our friends, we as boys raised each other in a sense because dad was at work and it's not their fault. Sure. We were, you know, factory town type of jobs and stuff. So yeah. shift can be rough on families. But I think, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Seeing dads get more involved now is it's happening. And I love yeah. it. Changing the narrative and stuff. I had a dad page for a little while. And there's a huge community of hashtag dads of Instagram. <laughs> I was like nerding out trying to yeah. do dad page and stuff like that. But uh, ended up migrating towards the plants more. But yeah, that's beautiful. I love the trajectory you're on and the things that you're doing. And uh, it's really inspiring, man. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm inspired by much. I think I'm surrounded by good people now. So it's really important. You're doing wow. it. You need to read the book, Hunt, Gather, Parent. It's about raising a kid with a community where mm. whereas Western cultures are very isolated. Sure. I think, you know, with... With my wife being from Thailand, I got a lot of different experiences culturally when I lived. I was only there for a year, um, but it was a very intensive year, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and we try to keep as much of Thai culture in our home as we can now, you know, just from the start. That's great. Yeah. And raising families is really different over there. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, keep me updated about what you're doing over there and uh, I'll do the same, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. I mean, it's just fun. It's just fun. It was, it was great to stumble upon you. And uh, I got to watch like a bunch of my friends that I already have made, you know, go back and see them. They've been on your podcast before. And sorry, cool. I ramble. I don't know which direction to go sometimes. It's just one There's of no the rules days. here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's no direction. There's just what's, the destination. We're here. We made it. What's it your favorite great. plant in your collection? Hmm. Am I allowed to interview you? Can I do that? My favorite plant in my collection. The collection has dwindled, honestly, because when I moved, I'm, I'm, I moved twice in six months, but um, yeah. I sold anything of value. I sold it uh, so I could yeah. come out here. And uh, I would have to say it's, it's one of the Trico Sirius. It, it would have probably been, I had some pretty extravagant Lophophoras before, mm -hmm. but um Actually, no, my Joshua tree. I grew up from seed. That's I got cool. the seeds from uh, the Joshua Tree National Park general store. Okay. It, I gave up on it completely. I had like five seeds and 45 days went by and there was no sprout. And then suddenly one day there was a sprout. 
like beyond Isn't it crazy surprised. How to do that? <laughs> yeah. I forgot about it. I gave up. I had given yeah. up. And now it's, you know, it's a little teenager. So that's yeah. super cool. That's my favorite plan for sure. It's so special. Cool. And my I think my my partner, she was pregnant at the time when we got those seeds. And it that was, was like cool. one of our trips that we did. So yeah. You do you hike a lot and stuff? Joshua Tree's great. That was the first park uh, my wife ever went to when she moved here. Uh, we oh, went out yeah. to Joshua Tree and we didn't take a tent. Sure as hell, it actually rained. Oh wow! <laughs> You're just uh, laying there getting rained on for like it was like five minutes, you know. But yeah. I told her I was like, "This is never gonna happen again, probably in our whole lives." So get caught in the rain at J Tree. Yeah, so, that's a so great fun. place. I would actually live out there, but I prefer the the woods over the over the desert for sure. But I could see <laughs> myself out there. I miss the four seasons for sure, but I don't think I could ever go somewhere cold. I think I'm like half reptile now. Mm. like you can't adapt you know uh to the cold I, yeah i love flip-flops like every every winter and my siblings are complaining about the snow i just send them my feet like hey guys you're in snow boots <laughs> that's cool yeah. i gotta check out you arizona i don't i don't think i i think i knew someone from there once but i've got a friend in scottsdale that's yeah we're, we're like north of you pretty far north of you right yeah we're like three hours east of um yeah, we're three hours between San Diego and Phoenix, kind of exactly. So, okay. Yeah, it's just hot and dry. You're welcome here anytime, though. <laughs> if you want to get out of the cold, no I problem. I want to check out Sedona, too. I've been meaning to. Sedona's really cool. We've been there a lot. The vortexes are funky. Yeah. Uh, you froze for a moment, but you're back. Oh, so, that might be a place you would want to take a trip at. <laughs> is in yeah. Sedona. It's really cool. The rocks are wild, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I've never, I've never done any of the cactus stuff. I've just looked at them. So I've never tried peyote or, you know, trico or any of that. So yeah, me neither, actually. I just, I just grow them because I think they're beautiful and amazing. Honest to goodness, you know, and uh, I have five baby lofts that I grew from seed. They're the only five that grew last year out of all the bunch of things I tried. So I'm supposed to have them here with me, I guess, you know, that's cool. You should graft one. See how it looks. I'm scared. <laughs> it's ginormous. But I should try it. It should. It would be really fun. Yeah, it's just cool yeah. to see how like uh, the patterns and stuff when it blows up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I forget what else you wanted to ask me. Was there anything else? I don't. I'm. I'm happy to talk about anything. I just. I meander a lot, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you did great. Um, uh, I can't. I don't know. I'm just very go with the flow. I just like to go with yeah. wherever the conversation goes. You know. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't know. I think, I think I'm boring sometimes or people you are like, not boring at all. You you're, right. are, yeah. you kept the conversation going. I'm actually pretty down tempo today, but, yeah. uh, and I was really, I told you, I was really nervous. This is the first podcast I've done in probably a month and the first one I've done in this space. So well, it looks great. I mean, anxious. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the whole full moon this month, man. People Who's have been that? really, people have been nervy like the last two weeks, like yeah. everywhere. Cause I work pretty upfront with clients, like face to face with people and their pets, mm -hmm. you know, and bad nervous things and car crashes in our town all over. And mm. I don't know. I think I believe it. everybody's ready for winter to be over and spring needs to kick into gear. And maybe this moon will shift us through, you know, I don't know. It's been an incredibly challenging winter here for us. We got flooded after flooded and it was just yeah. so wet. And our place that we were in had mold growing in it. That's why we moved. Oh no! Rough. We roughed it this winter. We didn't have a heat, a central heater. We were using a little space heater, and I was living basically in a, in a trailer in in the middle of nowhere. You know, and it was, we, we loved it. Like it was cool. I could have made it work, but with a family, you know, it's just yeah, we faced a lot of challenges there. But you're set up now. It sounds like yeah, we're in a much more modern. And it's beautiful looking the backyard, man. Like when I see your post and stuff in the stories, it's like very lush. Like I miss the grass and trees like that. It's great. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. But that the moon. I I did a full moon ritual last night, and nice. uh, I try to do one every full moon. Every full moon, I try to banish and release any negative energy I may have accumulated during that moon cycle. So I was up till like two in the morning doing that last night. Nice. And then put the crystals yeah. outside and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah, no, the moon was really pretty this morning. And yeah, I like, it's weird, but I like shave on a full moon. Like I'm going to shave my hair and like clean up tonight. Like, like cut off the bad type of like kind of the yeah. same thing, you know? Cool. And, uh, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready for April to, to get gone. And Easter Sunday's big deal, you know, if you're into chocolate, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for things to start growing more and for me to feel settled in and actually be able to tend to the plants and stuff, be more engaged and start growing a collection. Again, I've got to pretty much start from scratch and yeah. I have to change directions too, because of the, the climate. So yeah, but you know, that's, that's 50% of the fun is the challenge of figuring out what's going to work and what doesn't. And then, yeah. you know, when you grow something that's not supposed to work, but it does, you're like, yeah. Yeah, that's the coolest. <laughs> yeah, so totally, it's it's really cool. Well, um, I'll definitely be able to send you an adenium, no problem. And like, please you, do. You can keep it on the windowsill or on the table through the winter. And they're really funky, man. And you can decide what you like. I like them because they're hands on. You can really shape them how you want. And I, think I love that, the flowers. Yeah, yeah. The they're starting now. Like even like the fancy Thai Sokos, like the the really funky ones. Like these guys, they're starting to come out with doubles and all white flowers now which is special because 90 95 percent of adeniums are just five petal single pink flowers but mm. you know now we're getting so much diversity and stabilizing colors and the skins can change tones now in the sun it's really funky stuff it's really cool. funky stuff yeah i look forward to it I'll, I'm, cool. I'm looking forward to trying it out all right all right man will you be Thank safe you so much it was fun to chat i uh yeah Hope you had a good time. I had a good hour. It was great. I had a great time. Zap Tropicals, everyone. All right. If everyone could please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast and hit that share button, we would both appreciate that greatly. Peace. Yeah. Bye, guys.